Hello and welcome to the Literature Podcast, A Novel Review. My name is Seamus, your host, and together we will discuss, dissect, and explore the wonderful world of literature, and the wonderful world of literature is a vast and dense jungle, so let's start making our way through, one book at a time. Hello, good day, and welcome to the beginning of another episode of A Novel Review, a podcast exploring the wonderful world of literature. My name is Seamus and I am your host, and for today's episode, a bit of a space adventure. That's right, today I will be discussing A Wrinkle in Time by Madeleine Longell. But before I jump into this book, I always take a moment to reflect on any mantelpiece moments, something to highlight from the week past, and... This week, I wanted to highlight a bit of a comical town. I visited a small town called Rye on the weekend, and it's this lovely, old, English, very quintessential town. Cobblestone streets and lots of antique shops. Uh, Henry James actually lived here for a time and wrote some of his novels. However, nothing of his major works, and by major works I mean ones that I had actually heard of, so that's kind of the, the level we're going for. But what I wanted to highlight was this sort of collective vast comicalness. Is that e- e- that's even a word? But this vast comicalness that the town had because most doors had some basic description about the house. So th- there was one that said the house with two front doors, and sure enough, it had two front doors. Another was the house with the secret garden, which I never got to see, Kel surprise. And another was Uh, The house opposite, with no reference to what it was exactly that was opposite, that needed the attention. There was also a bunch of other funny signs in the windows uh, that lent to this idea of humour in a humorous town. One shop had a sign saying, this is a Brexit-free zone. Uh, Another said, dogs welcome, people tolerated, which I, you know, I love that. Another had a sign saying, 249th best attraction in Rye which, I mean, I love the humility. And last one, I promise, uh, a lot of windows had figurines or Lego men facing outwards to the public, and someone in this one window had spelled out this message in Scrabble Bricks reading, I was happy in the haze of a drunken hour, but heaven knows I'm miserable now. Not exactly a funny note to end on, but who does not love the Smiths? Housekeeping, as always, all the scripts from the episode are available on my website, just in case you know of anyone who has a hearing impairment who might get a kick out of a written version of the pod. So head along, they are all free for use for all to enjoy. Also, the episodes are on YouTube with closed captions, so that is another option, so head along there if that is more your cup of tea. Well, here we are. Another week, another episode. A Wrinkle in Time. There has been a film about this book. I have not seen it. It's probably shit. But the book is fabulous. I said this in a previous episode. I have no idea where or when or how this book came to be on my Kindle, but suddenly it was there. I had just finished a few larger books, nothing flashy in terms of size, but I saw A Wrinkle in Time was quite short, so I jumped into it, and after reading, uh, I don't know, maybe a quarter of it, I thought I would give it a Google to try understand what the hell was going on and what it was about, because it was just this really fun, wacky story with some very elegant writing. 
it is a kid's book or more correctly, a young adult's book. I was shocked because it doesn't read like one. Yes, there are moments when you are like, eh, this seems a bit childish, but it's actually such a wonderful little adventure. And I know there are more in the series, which is great. It's called the Time Quintet, which, you know, that's its name. And I'll probably get to them in time. I'm not rushing to them. Now that I know I've got them in my pocket, they can stay there until I need a bit of a space adventure. The book was released in 1962 and was well received. It won a few awards. Madeleine Longell says this about her desire to not only write a children's story, but also one in the realm of fantasy science fiction. And to do this, one needed, a start quote, an intuitive understanding of his own childhood, being childlike, although not childish. She goes on to say, it's often possible to make demands of a child that couldn't be made of an adult. A child will often understand scientific concepts that would baffle an adult. This is because he can understand with a leap of the imagination that is denied to the grown-up who has acquired the little knowledge that is a dangerous thing. She also says, The child will come to it with an open mind, whereas many adults come closed to an open book. This is one reason so many writers turn to fantasy, which children claim as their own, when they have something important and difficult to say. Those reasons she has outlined to writing children's stories resonate so much with me, and the fact that those are her motivations for writing this form of text is enough to win me over. I feel like I've really kind of kicked off this episode, but I think now is the time to pause for a little overview. So, A Wrinkle in Time follows the young girl Meg Murray and her brother Charles Wallace, who meet their eccentric new neighbour, Mrs. Watsit who talks about a tesseract which happens to be the scientific theory that Meg and Charles Wallace's father was working on before his disappearance. Along with a fellow schoolmate Calvin, the three children set off for an adventure through the stars. This is helped by Mrs. Watsit, Mrs. Who and Mrs. Witch, who are these three supernatural beings. They go to the dark planet named Camazots, which has succumbed to the black thing. The planet is where their father is being held and is ruled by a disembodied brain with an incredibly powerful telepathic and mind-controlling ability. And basically, the story keeps going on, but I can and like I can keep going with an overview, but I feel I have to stop somewhere because otherwise I just read the entire book. But damn, when I sat down to write the overview, I cast my mind back to the start of the book and you know, I was struggling because how was I going to sum that up concisely? that it made sense without giving too much detail, but the more I wrote, the more I remembered. And I mean, it's a wacky, wacky plot. So let's jump into some of the book. It starts off very simple and builds, but I was instantly hooked purely because of the conversations they are having. I mean, to give you context, this is something Charles Wallace says, and he's six years old, I think it is, and Meg's about 11, 12. But Charles Wallace says, Thinking I'm a moron gives people something to feel smug about, Charles Wallace said. Why should I disillusion them? Disillusion them? Mate, you're six years old. You should be eating dirt, not discussing what the general populace thinks of you and how to play into this idea that you aren't smart to disillusion them. Then there's also the freshness of Mrs. Who, one of the three witches, who, and what she brings because she is constantly talking in quotes such as, and I'm going to butcher this German, but... Should I change too? Mrs. Who asked. 
Oh, but I've had such fun in these clothes. But I'll have to admit, Mrs. Watson is the best at it. Das Werk lobt dein Meister? German. The work proves the craftsman. Shall I transform now too? She constantly speaks like this. Speaks the quote in its original language, tells you what language, and then translates it to English for you. Das Werk lobt dein Meister. German. The work proves the craftsman. It's almost an homage and a respect to the originality of it, and then being gracious to all our lazy English asses who can only speak one language to translate it for us live in the text. And then, of course, the main character of Meg, who is a little self-conscious at the age of 13. There we go. I said 12 earlier, but it's actually 13. Uh, the self-consciousness is played up for the book, which is fair and I understand it, but I mean, she's 13, so who isn't self-conscious at 13? But despite their ages, they move through this novel and it's this absurdity of the characters that really make the novel enjoyable, makes it fun and memorable, and it's just a breath of fresh air. The battle between good and evil lies at the heart of A Wrinkle in Time. The sinister force known as the Black Thing represents darkness, conformity, and the suppression of individuality. On the other hand, the characters of Mrs. Watsit, Mrs. Who, and Mrs. Witch symbolize light, wisdom, and the fight against oppression. Longell uses this struggle to explore the importance of free will, courage, and the triumph of love over hatred. The book serves as a reminder that, even in the face of overwhelming darkness, the light within each individual has the power to overcome evil. But further than that, it's this weaving of scientific theory and familial responsibility. Sci-fi and fantasy are used so often as the backdrop for not only large-scale adventures, but also to explore some of these really personal and ironically close-to-home themes. The whole novel is surrounded by this idea of saving their father and how love can elevate them to heights unseen to achieve this. As well as trying to reach beautiful heights of love, the novel also sends the reader to quite terrifying depths in its portrayal of villainy, which, in my opinion, is one of the strongest points of the book itself. The villains are not your typical childish villains of, oh, I don't know, scary-looking people, but rather the villain of the story acts with a firm rationale and confidence that makes you as the reader question yourself if you buy into what's actually being said. I have a few quotes here to illustrate the fully developed persona of the villain. This is the first quote. Charles Wallace went under the control of the brain, says to Meg. Charles continued his lecture. On Camazots, we are all happy because we are all alike. Differences create problems. You know that, don't you, dear sister? No, Meg said. Oh, yes, you do. You've seen at home how true it is. You know that the reason you're not happy at school, it's because you're different. I'm different and I'm happy, Calvin said. But you pretend that you aren't different. I'm being different and I like being different, Calvin's voice was unnaturally loud. Maybe I don't like being different, Meg said, but I don't want to be like everybody else either. This back and forth passage ultimately plays into the sentiments Meg feels about individuality and self-consciousness. This is one of the reasons I love the book, because... The villain is the overtly rational being. Being, of course, a very loose term for a brain without a body, but it's the same kind of terrifying rationale of the villain from 1984, O'Brien. The brain says, or rather, he invades the children's minds so that it, it, it appears as a voice in their heads and says things like, Now, my dears, the words continued, I shall, of course, have no need of recourse to violence, but I thought perhaps it would save you pain if I showed you at once that it would do you no good as to try oppose me. 
You see, what you will soon realize is that there is no need to fight me. Not only is there no need, but you will not have the slightest desire to do so. For why should you wish to fight someone who is here only to save you pain and trouble? For you, as well as for the rest of all the happy, useful people on this planet, I, in my own strength, am willing to assume all the pain, all the responsibility, all the burdens of thought and decision. We will make our own decisions, thank you, Charles Wallace said. But of course, and our decisions will be one, yours and mine. Don't you see how much better, how much easier for you that is? Now, the real beauty of this villain, this, this brain, is that it feels real. It feels incredibly real. The brain could be a politician, a popularist, a dictator, someone in power with the soothing, silky tones he addresses them. It's that kind of lawful evil that hangs over this book, despite that it's in space and on another planet. As you might have heard from these quotes, Madeline has a lovely control of language, but she is also a beautiful writer. None more so than this little peach of a quote. A book too can be a star, explosive material, capable of stirring up fresh life endlessly, a living fire to lighten the darkness, leading out into the expanding universe. What a beauty. A true lover of literature, I'm going to give this book a 3.9 out of 5, so if you've liked what you've heard, you know what to do. So, what am I reading this week? This week, I am reading Lord of the Flies. The inherent darkness that rests below each and every surface of man, made all the more so shocking by the fact that it is children. A brilliant book. My second read, the first one was years ago. God, my mother made me listen to the books when I was a child. And I mean, when I say listen to the book, it was on tapes. Remember tapes? Really not that long ago, but it's crazy to think how far we've come technologically. But it's a fantastic story. Basically, it's a it's a group of English kids that don't know each other that are all stranded on an island after an accident. And it's basically how they have to take up the responsibility of being adults and try rule there's power struggles, power dynamics, and I mean, as I said, it's an incredibly dark book. So as you can imagine, the children start to go a bit feral. They start to lose their minds a bit and go a bit crazy. And yeah, great, great book. Uh, can't wait to do an episode on that one. Now, before I close out the show, if you have listened this far, please consider hitting those five stars. I would really appreciate it. Also, feel free to head along to the website and support the pod. And of course, thank you. Thank you, thank you for your attention. So I think it's time to end this episode. And today, to take us away, I think Mary Shelley, and she says that no man chooses evil because it is evil. He only mistakes it for happiness, the good he seeks. 